Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. We are tenure-track faculty members in the sciences, working at a primarily undergraduate university in California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. I'm Claire. And I'm Ruth. And this week we're going to talk about interactions with challenging students. But before we do that, Claire, how was your week? My week was good. I wanted to report in that I'm officially using GatherTown instead of Zoom for my class this spring. Um, As we're recording this, it's the week before classes. So um, I haven't actually tried it out yet. But last week, Ralph and I worked through some of the problems I was having with GatherTown and resolved them. So now we're here to see what the real world problems are. But um, I wanted to report in that you can, there's no record feature in GatherTown, but I'm going to record it on Zoom, like have Zoom going at the same time to Mm -hmm. get the recording, sharing my screen of GatherTown, which somebody on YouTube did, which was brilliant. And then the other problem I was having was sharing my iPad screen on GatherTown so that I can write notes on the board. And there's a way to make your iPad appear on your desktop screen. A few different ways, but the one I'm using is QuickTime. So anyway, all the problems seem to be resolved, and I'm excited to use it. That's awesome, and I salute you because I want, like, I just want you to figure it all out and then, like, make me a leaflet or something, like, just <laughs> okay. like you know that kind of thing. Because yeah, I'm very this semester. I'm like, I'm not doing anything new because I can't cope. So I think that's super cool. I'm really excited about the potential for students chatting before class and going off and working in groups and me seeing them groups and walking around. I think it'll be um, a lot of the things that I was missing in Zoom in terms of interactions, I think, will be there in GatherTown. So it was exciting enough for me to launch the new thing. I think it's going to be awesome because I also think there is like there's quite a lot of Zoom fatigue or like, yeah, yeah, I know how this goes. But even Mm -hmm. just having a little bit more interactability I don't know if that's an actual Uh word but you know like that that could be like just that bit more engaging I think so I think Mm -hmm. so and we also have like a space that we physically walk our I mean we virtually walk our little avatars around and I think that's kind of cool to have a space that's our space so anyway I'm excited about it I'll report back once I'm excited too done a few classes thanks so how about you how was your week my week was really good um I yeah I feel like we're, we're rocking out that's the theme of my week at the moment. Nice. Is um I don't know if this is relevant to you because you're, um, I'm like, again, really patronizing. I'm like, you're very young. But um, <laughs> I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast either, but there's a show called Cobra Kai. Oh, um, that is on our Netflix list, but we have not tried it yet. Tell me about it. Well, okay. So I don't know if the Karate Kid was a big part of your life, but the Karate Kid had a profound effect on me as a kid. Okay. It was deeply moving and very exciting to me and so Cobra Kai is about some of the characters in Karate Kid when they've grown up cool and it's just it's so good and it's kind of a little bit teen soap opera-y as well but also with excellent fighting and yes so I'm I just it makes me so happy in a way I can't even articulate so (laughs) that's super cool and we also have been having so you know we've been doing the tech sabbath for since the summer and It's still going strong and we love it. And it's really interesting because it sort of really brought CDs back into our life. Oh. And and I I got rid of all my CDs because I was like, what's the point? It's all on the internet. 
And so we've been kind of, there's a local secondhand CD shop. So we bought Pearl Jam 10, which was another extremely formative experience in my life. So cool. we've been rocking out to that. And the kids were like, <laughs> we were driving somewhere. We were listening to it. They're like, put the windows down because we're, we're really cool. And I was like, <laughs> well, okay. So we're like cruising around. Rocking. Yes. Yeah. That's fun. And it feels like it's all connected because Cobra Kai, there's a lot of, that's more like 80s throwback music. But anyway, it's it's all good. Lots of rocking going on. Lots of rocking. I love yeah. it. And your car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds so fun. Yeah. In our really old Prius, we're like, we're not exactly the cool <laughs> intimidating people but anyway get your sunglasses I know too. we're like yeah live in large yeah <laughs> well it's either Pearl Jam or Dolly Parton at the moment so it's it's quite the mix but yeah variety but yeah. all good mm-hmm. all good yeah so um I have a quote for this week excellent what's your quote that so it's it's from Cobra Kai ah. and it's a little bit of a throwback to do you remember earlier in our podcasting time when I would always have these kind of <laughs> aggressive quotes Oh, yes. Yeah. And maybe it was like my sort of fantasies of how I wish I was. Like, like Professor Snape strolling into the classroom mm-hmm. and dashing everyone's dreams. And pro- <laughs> exactly. That's my professor goals right there. Um, well, so this one is from Cobra Kai. And so in the show, it's Johnny Lawrence who is saying it. But originally it was John Kreese. But anywho, so it's strike first, strike hard, no mercy. And that's kind of their ethos. Which okay. it isn't really, and they all turn out to be super lovely, not John Crease. But anyway, so yeah, it's it's the exact opposite of how I am as a professor, but maybe how I wish I wish I was a little bit more. So yeah. Maybe because you're so far from that you could do towards stepping towards that. Yeah, well like, I think have we talked about this on here before, the idea of like could you imagine if you had a student planted in the audience who was like oh. rude to you on the first day and then you were like, out of here. Get like, out. Yeah, this, <laughs> this will not be tolerated. And so, yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure I could do that if it was set up. But anyway, it's kind of a wish. It's fun yeah. to imagine, though. Especially when we're talking about what we're talking about today. So Yes. 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 So tell me... Um, Tell me a bit about what's working for you when dealing with challenging students. Or how do you even, what do you kind of think of when you think of as challenging students? Yeah, well, there's definitely different kinds of challenging student interactions. Um, I kind of broke it into what's working for me is interacting with the challenging interactions where the students are stressed about grades or falling behind. Mm -hmm. And I feel pretty comfortable about handling those. Um, But what I'm working on is more like confrontational kind of interaction. So we'll get to that. But so back to students stressed about grades and falling behind. Um, So my approach is to kind of show some understanding and some sympathy and then to work with them to make a plan for getting back on track. So my goal is that they leave the discussion with um, a little more confidence that it's doable and with a clear plan on what the first step is going to be. I think that's um, so important yeah. to give people a way back, like a pathway a to kind of, I'm saying redemption, I don't know if that's quite the word I mean, but you know, <laughs> like some way of kind of putting things right, because sure. when it's just like, well, you really messed that up, <laughs> it's not, right. you know, yeah. yeah. Especially if it's just a mistake or something, you know, they, mm-hmm. they did poorly on one assignment, you know, it seems like there's got to be room for making a mistake. Um, now, sometimes... Rarely, my recommendation would be to drop the class or something if somebody was really far behind and it was like 
gosh, you really would do a lot better and put yourself in a much better position if you took the whole class again. Um, in those scenarios, more, usually I start that conversation and then we go from there. And if the student does decide to try to stay in the class, then at least they're coming from a position where they know that it's going to be a big challenge because I've already recommended they're dropping the class. Yeah. But that's really unusual most of the time. Yeah, there's got to be a path forward um, I, uh, most of the time, I think so. Yeah, and I think I've definitely, um, sometimes you can even, if it's framed as, you know, if you have this other class that you're doing better in, it, maybe it's good to drop this and really focus your energy on getting ah, a good grade okay. there. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times having that kind of, discussion with the student where we come up with a scaffolding of how they're going to you know end up in a better position than they're currently in is empowering uh, or yeah. it could be at least if done if done you know if it works out um so that's that's one of my goals well and it can also like help in terms of their frustration level because it can be yes. like yes and here is what you need to do and this really isn't in my hands and it's actually all in your hands and so yeah. Giving them the ownership and the empowerment to do something about it when they feel like they might be powerless at the beginning of the conversation. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. So what about you? What <clears throat> What's working for you and what are you thinking of with respect to challenging student interactions? I think for me, I think what really comes up is people who are angry, mm-hmm. like angry, like really frustrated. Mm-hmm. And so I think like one thing that um, came up for me where I worked before was finding out that it was okay to sort of not meet with the student alone. If okay. like I had a student who was sending really aggressive emails mm-hmm. and demanding that we meet and I talked to someone about it and they were like, you can totally say like, sure, I'll meet with you in the chair's office. And like, you know, and when I did that, they didn't want to meet and it kind of just faded away and that was fine. Okay, But kind of just knowing that that was an acceptable thing to do was helpful so that was really good I think I have had experiences where sometimes asking a student are you okay when they're really angry actually kind of deflates things a bit Mm, and sort of can sort of I don't know just has created a pause and then it's like no I'm not okay this is other stuff is actually going on or this is happening or there's something else behind it or I don't know why it's it seems like it's sort of like a humanizes the interaction or something. Yes. Because yes, sometimes I've had people, it. have you ever had people and you know they've kind of prepared a speech mm-hmm. and they're sort of really fired up. And so I don't know, sometimes, other times yeah. it has not worked. So it's sort of depends, So, <laughs> But in some cases that diffuses the situation and redirects the conversation towards the actual problem. Is right. what you're like, saying, I think. I had, okay, I was, like, we were, I was trying to think of how to do this without giving specific examples. But I did have a student who just was a complete fright for the entire semester and just like mm-hmm. furious about everything I did all the time. And by the end, we finally, I was like, we have to have a one-on-one meeting. And she really riled up about all the things. And then it's like, are you okay? And then no, she was definitely not okay and was really upset. And then, so it's, I wish I had had that conversation a lot earlier, but I kept kind of hoping it would just sort of get resolved. So that that has helped. I think... I'm trying to get better at laying some groundwork about how I expect to be spoken to. Okay. If you know what I mean, in the beginning, 
like explicitly saying something to yeah the students like about I think, expectations right like we're all going to be polite and nice to each other and I think I don't know if this is unique to physics but I certainly think there is a little bit of a misunderstanding that sounding kind of, like being rude can kind of it's just you're like this genius person sure. and just no like being rude is just being rude it doesn't imply that you're smart or anything mm-hmm, so I think mm-hmm. I kind of try and have some conversation about how we're going to interact like students will interact with each other but also with me so I think I don't know if that actually helps but I'm trying to lay some groundwork of mm-hmm, how I expect mm-hmm. to be spoken to it's hard to imagine that wouldn't help to have a conversation right. about that at the beginning yeah and I it's weird I think um the students that we have here are generally really, really respectful. So it actually hasn't mm-hmm. come up for me that yes. much, especially since I started working here. They're generally very respectful. Yeah, I I second that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I have one more thing, sorry, that does work. Okay, great. What's and that? someone told me this um, early on in my teaching. It was just sort of like being really sympathetic but also making it clear like oh it's such a shame that you didn't study for this test or like something that's like yes sympathetic tone of voice but also making it very clear where the responsibility lies for whatever is happening sympathetic and firm line like you're not going to let them retake the test but you are sorry that they failed the test or whatever right you know like and you'll help them do better for the next test but there's nothing that can be done about this previous test exactly is is that yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and just sort of like oh i'm so sorry that you didn't do that (laughs) instead of like i've said you know just whatever it is so yeah that has worked too that more gives the impression that you and them are on the same side right totally both trying to get them to learn and demonstrate that they've learned and complete these assignments. And, um, you know, this is too bad that it didn't work on this particular case now, you know, but you're not, you're not putting the blame on them. Although you are making sure that they're aware that they can fix it in the future. Well, I think, and I'm going to talk more about this, but I think in some of my, sort of natural tendencies to placate angry dudes sometimes I would sort of almost take responsibility for you know what I mean and so just Mm -hmm. having a way of being very non-threatening while also being like I'm this isn't this is not yeah yeah so yeah oh I love that yeah so tell me what are you working on well it's interesting it's very similar so yeah I'm working on confrontational student interactions um and I guess Like I was thinking about this and going through and I actually, the thing I'm working on is internal. It's how I feel about it and respond to it internally. Um, So, for example, if a student is questioning my teaching style or my grading scheme, um, I generally like to nip that in the bud. You know, as soon as I'm aware that somebody's questioning that, I'll explain why I do it that way um, so that at least they don't think I'm just thoughtlessly doing it Mm -hmm. you know they might still disagree with me and that's totally fine if they think it should be done some different way but at least they know that I'm doing it intentionally and for a reason and they can hopefully hopefully that gives them more respect of the decision um and then another challenging confrontational thing is if they don't back down once I've already said no and explained why the answer's no. no so that's that just becomes a big deal to me, you know, and I, I, I don't back down. If, if the answer's no, the answer stays no. But um, 
but it just sticks with me, you know? Like when I was thinking about this, I could think of all these particular incidents and the, I still remember them. And that I don't know. I don't want that to be the case. So I guess what I'm working on is um, my mindset so that these confrontations don't become as big a deal to me. And I think your approach of diffusing them is a great idea. And another one that came up when Ralph and I were talking about this was in the middle of the confrontation, try to think to myself, this poor student is having a bad day. Right. Because so often, like in a lot of the examples I was thinking of, I know something about them having a bad day. And if those are just the ones I know of. So that's probably often the case. It's probably not really about my grading scheme or whatever. It's about something else. Um, so just to remind myself of that. It's so hard to not take it personally, though. It's very hard not to take it personally. It is. And I well, I have two, a, few, a few things to say. Yeah, tell One me. is, I don't know, this is sort of unsolicited advice, but... Um, okay, great. <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm familiar <laughs> with this from you, so here we go. Um, you know when you're talking about nipping it in the bud uh-huh. with the people questioning your teaching? Yeah. So last semester I did a thing, so I have one data point. Okay, But great. I have written on my piece of paper beside me right here, it says, you're not the only one in the class, which is not what I actually say, because that's okay. really aggressive. But I was trying to say in that first class... There's certain parts of this class are not going to appeal to you and will not be your cup of tea, but there's all different kinds of learners in this class. So, uh-huh. and that seemed to somehow, who knows why, maybe it was just because last semester was online, but it seemed to deflate a little bit more, some of the grumbling about certain things That's that cool. I have them do. So there you go. That's the unsolicited advice. But dude, I, I, I take it so personal. And that thing, mm-hmm. like you said, if, so, if you say no and someone comes back, like I feel really disrespected and like having Mm -hmm. your boundaries pushed and then sometimes I end up telling myself a whole story about why they're doing that Mm -hmm. like they wouldn't do this to so and so they're only doing this because I'm whatever Mm -hmm. and so it's really hard sure and then it does become and I think it if there is this push you know as long as I'm confident that the answer is no I need to stay firm that the answer is no and in particular if it's an ongoing thing, because now if I say yes, yeah, at some point, now we know that Claire will change her mind if you keep pushing. And that's definitely not the message I want to send. So as long as I'm confident the answer is no, I want to stay no. Um, yeah. It's just so weird to just the range of experiences you have, because some students are just so unbelievably respectful. Mm-hmm. And like, I hate to ask. I don't want to. And like, it's something completely reasonable. And then someone uh-huh. else is just like totally out there and then pushing and pushing Mm -hmm. and yeah I like your idea of um talking about the different parts of the class and how they are targeted to different learning styles Mm -hmm. and so naturally some of them will appeal more to some people than others and that's intentional and um and in fact one of your former students was in my class last semester and he said something like that to me. So I don't know if you managed to convey that to this student in particular, but he said something like, well, this part doesn't appeal to me, but I know I'm not the only person in the class. And I was like, wow, (laughs) Wow, that's great. So, um, yeah. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's sort of interesting too with the um, kind of being on the other receiving end of the homeschooling, Mm -hmm. you know, and like some parents... I spoke to her like, oh, I hate this bit. And I'm like, oh, actually, that's the bit that my kid finds the easiest. And, right. you know, it's just sure. very, of course, yeah, none of this is catered to one person. So, yeah. Yeah. 
And I do want to say one more thing about the nipping it in the bud. Like one part of a class that I teach regularly, a large portion of the class is getting accurate results. And um, that's always gets a little pushback, you know, because you're like, I did the report perfectly, but I only got 15 out of 25 because my number was so bad. And um, so that is a moment where I nip it in the bud to the whole class and I say, hey, Remember, this class is quantitative analysis. You're learning how to be quantitative in the laboratory. So a large portion of the grade is being quantitative. And, you know, and then I explain that there's lots of reports and they've got time to learn how to be quantitative and get better accuracy in the future. So anyway, maybe that's kind of similar. It's not the same like different learning styles. No, but, but I it's think the it's same good thing to as just addressing it yeah. directly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So yes, what about you? What are you working on? Um, yeah, I'm I'm really scared of angry dudes. So <laughs> that's like really hard for me because um, uh-huh. and I feel like sometimes, yeah, I don't know. I just like I'm really don't do well with confrontation at all. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> weirdly, I've had at least two or maybe three situations of older guys getting like really furious with me mm. and. Like kind of, I can know that that probably isn't actually to do with me and it was like something else going on for them yeah, or, you know, whatever. But it was really, really scary for me. And like, I felt embarrassed about how scared I felt, even though I'm not sure if it was like clear, you know, but I felt really stressed about it. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to like mention the elephant in the room, but like sometimes when you wonder about violence, like could something happen in your classroom? Mm -hmm. And when you have people who are maybe kind of getting progressively more and more agitated. Yeah. You know, and I've had students in my class who get so angry and not at me, but just their general level of agitation or things they're talking about, about the university, Mm -hmm. or it's just really disturbing, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, that I think and the other thing that is a real problem for me is that my face completely betrays me like, <laughs> me and I too. go bright red and then like sometimes I get a really trembly voice if mm-hmm. I'm feeling like upset or anxious or sometimes I even and like this is deeply frustrating but I get kind of teary when I'm mm-hmm. mad so like I mm-hmm. could not I'm like I'm not actually crying but I'm just like so furious about something I get like a kind of a trembly, teary voice and mm-hmm. that is really frustrating. Undermines. Right, because I'm trying to be approach. like, you know, whatever approach I'm trying to have. Mm-hmm. The strike first approach, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> but like even just not, you know, cowering in a corner and then my face totally betrays me. Sure, so sure. That's... You want to stand firm and um, take whatever approach you want to take. Right. And, and I'm sure... As we get more comfortable with these situations, there'll be less, you know, automatic reaction in faces betraying us. I don't know, man. My face is... (laughs) It's never been my friend (laughs) with this stuff, but... So so back to the angry students. What... I wonder what kind of things could be taken to make it less of a potentially escalating situation. Like, there is campus police, of course, that could be called if need be um i also wonder whether somehow diffusing them it seems like you've got some really good approaches for diffusing 
confrontational escalating situations on a one-on-one kind of thing. I wonder if there's some similar ones we could employ in a classroom to yeah, it's, take it down a couple notches, you know? And like I, so my very first year teaching, I can remember a student after a test and he was like a nice guy, but he came up and like got in my face, like really, mm-hmm. uh, and like I really went back to my office and absolutely sobbed. Like I was totally mm-hmm. terrified. And so it's just really hard to be the grown up while you're also like a human person. And, and that's a perfect example. He obviously was having a bad day. Totally. He had just done poorly on this test. That is the problem. It wasn't you. But it is a problem if he's going to be violent or at least angry. So how to deal with that? Yeah. Yeah. And it is like, I don't know. I don't know how much to get into this too, but um, when dealing with... Yes, calling campus police. Like it always, that feels like such a huge escalation. Sure. But there has been times where it's felt like, okay, is this getting to the necessary point? I would think a step before calling police would be to tell that person to leave. Right. Um, You know, if they finished a test, then, I mean, this is, finished a test is not the time to talk about a test, you know, just in general. Um, But anytime somebody's angry, that's probably not the time to talk about it either. No, that's, and I actually kind of, actually, I haven't done it while we're online, but I had implemented, I'm not going to talk to you about the test until tomorrow. So don't like go home and digest it and read my comments and write something down and bring it back. Mm -hmm. But I did, I one semester I had a student come to class super drunk Mm. and that, and it actually all worked out fine because I was really you have to leave. It's like, I don't. And I was like, we're not even, we're not discussing this. You're going and that's it. And nice. it worked Good out. Handling. But I was like, oh man, if this didn't work out, what am I going to do? Like wrestle this kid out the door? <laughs> like this is not going to happen. <laughs> so I was just. I bet that most of the time it would work though. You know, yeah. if you just keep saying calmly, you need to leave. You could even open the door for them. I would be surprised. Surely most of the time that works. Yeah. You know? We actually have um, the technician for our labs mm-hmm. is just a genuinely really lovely, decent person. Mm-hmm. And I, because the other thing is like sometimes I feel embarrassed about admitting in a department that's mostly male, hey, I'm kind of like really scared of this dude. And so it feels. I don't know, like a lady problem or something that I'm bringing. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate he has sometimes proactively been like heard something and just maybe come in. And that's nice. And it was incredibly welcome because that's the thing that's I fantastic. think maybe. And I, when I had talked to him about it, he was like, oh, I wasn't sure if that would be overstepping. And I was like, overstep all you like. But he wasn't actually <laughs> overstepping, but I was like, yes, please. Yeah. That's helpful. No, that's a great. And that's another good idea. If. You expect that there's, if there's some repeated incident mm-hmm. and you're worried about it, then maybe get some backup in advance to just stand there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great idea. Because it is, it can be scary for sure. Mm-hmm. I really like that idea. So we've got asking them to leave. We've got having somebody there as backup and we've got having a meeting with them with the chair or somebody else as well. All of which seem very doable to me which is makes me empowered about this situation. Right. And sometimes actually, um, this is a technique from children rearing, but, um, excellent. It's called like sports casting almost where you sort of narrate what's happening. 
Okay. And sometimes, I mean, not so much with kids, but like it has a different purpose with kids. But sometimes I've had interactions where I'm like, you're really angry right now. Mm -hmm. We're like, and just even that being reflected back on a person. Interesting. Or like you seem very upset right now. Let's talk about this tomorrow or Mm -hmm. just some like, this is what's happening or I don't know. That does seem like it would really switch it break the cycle that they yeah. have going in the emotions right then to to state something unexpected like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's something I think, I think this is one of the great um, unspoken things in our job. And it's certainly the thing that we get no training for at all. <laughs> and so it, it's really the first time it happened when I kind of was thinking about that and putting myself back in those shoes. Because I also, it wasn't clear to me what I could do. Right. Like, am I allowed to say, no, I'm not speaking to you right now? Or like, sure. am I? Am I allowed to throw him out of the classroom? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I think just, and that's the stuff that comes with a bit of experience, but it was really mm-hmm. scary. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Well, this is very helpful to reflect on yes. for me. Yeah, me too. So thank you very much. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Not, not the most cheerful topic, but there we go. <laughs> but very, I feel much more empowered about these situations from hearing. Well, that's the thing. I think approaches. having a little bit of a script has been really mm-hmm. helpful for me, or just mm-hmm. knowing, yeah, what we can say. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Cool. Thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. We're delighted to have you as a listener, and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to email us, our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know, if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.